everybody. Welcome to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liv. And this month, um, this this is kind of new territory for us in some ways. I mean, it's it's a fantasy setting, which we've done before. Uh, it's an all-female team, which we've done before. But I can't help feel like this one's kind of in a different class. Oh, it's... <laughs> And it's a delightful class of its own. Yep. We are talking about Rat Queens. And uh, so today we're dealing with Rat Queens Volume 1, Sass and Sorcery. <laughs> Which it has in spades. <laughs> yes. So this this actually, this has been, you know who first pushed this on me and put it on my radar? Who? JVL. Oh, that makes yeah, I could see that he would like this. <laughs> that is a mutual friend of ours, John Van Lully, who you can actually hear on the Improvised Weapons uh, D&D podcast. So there's a little bit of cross-promotion I hadn't planned on doing and just did. Uh, so, boy. So, um, credits. The the story credit goes to Curtis J. Weeb? Weeby? I'm not sure. Um, art by Rock Upchurch. Cover art by Fiona Staples, Ed Brisson on the lettering, and Tim Daniel is credited with frame. I'm not even sure what that means. Okay. But uh, in any case, what we've got is we have very much a classic fantasy, you know, high fantasy setting. You know, dragons, orcs, elves, trolls, trolls all that sort of thing. And we are dealing with a... Taverns. <laughs> Lots of time at the tavern, yep. Uh, we are dealing with a four-member mercenary band called the Rat Queens. Um, the members uh, of which are made up by Betty, who is, uh, she's called a smidgen. I mean, she's basic. She's basically a halfling. She's basically a hobbit. Um, but she is their thief and also is very into drink mixing. There's Dee, who is their cleric and... Um, yeah, she's usually with clerics in these stories, you know, you get the very sort of divine people. She no, she's a bit more like voodoo witch doctor breed of cleric. Mm-hmm. There's Hannah, their mage, who kind of uh They all have different aesthetics too. They so do. like Betty's kind of got this bohemian look. Um Dee's obviously like the voodoo. Han- Hannah's got the classic pinup thing going. Yeah. She's kinda of got a Betty Page look to her, like the goth pinup sort of <laughs> yep and then there's violet there uh their dwarven fighter who is basically merida from brave yep <laughs> yes that's why i was like wait what's what's the princess from brave called because that's who violet that's is. basically who the, who she, <laughs> she is like the, the red hair and the the warrior and the toughness yeah and kind of completely over your bs and like this has got to be a hard thing to talk about it's going to probably be a PG-13 episode because this is a hard R book. <laughs> yes, this is, this is a PG-13 episode of a hard R book with, like, and we can't share some of our favorite lines because they'd, ha- all swear. they'd have to be bleeped. So, so much bleeping. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so plot... We can't even say the, like, slightly, like, less raunchy ones because they, they have things that we've it, had to they, bleep out in previous st- episodes. They're still in reference to things that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so plot what they're actually, it's not particularly plot-heavy. It's more about characters and insanity. Um, but general plot is there was a town that has actually several... Palisade, I think it's called. Palisade, yes. 
Mm -hmm. um, and there are actually several groups of mercenaries. There are five when we start who are who have all kind of taken up residence there. There's the Rat Queens, the Peaches, the Four Daves, the Brother Ponies, and the Obsidian Darkness. Awesome names. Yep. <laughs> and mercenary bands. And the thing is, they there is a reason that they're there because this town is frequently having to deal with, you know, little infestations of, of trolls or trolls goblins or, you know, the kind of stuff. I mean, look, let's be blunt about this. It's the kind of stuff you expect to pick up as a quest line in a D&D &D campaign. Those kinds of things are going on. That's why these mercenaries are there. Except the people who actually live in the town are really kind of over it mm -hmm. and their presence and don't really like them. Because they cause lots of brawls and well, trouble. Well, even, even when they don't, afterwards, they go to the tavern and get super drunk in celebration and cause a lot of problems that way. Yes. So what, we, what then ensues is a series of bloody action. And I mean very bloody action. So there's essentially these assassins that are hunting down the mercenary groups and this band of... Um, masked assassins in black yeah. armor and very mysterious and, you know, they're very ominous and, like, they're killing them off slowly, um, the, the different mercenary bands. And the Rat Queens get attacked, but a troll kind of comes in at the perfect moment. Yes, yeah, so, like, a troll splatters this assassin with, with his hammer. Now, normally, you'd kind of expect that to... I mean, it is kind of played for comedy, but you kind of be expected to be played almost cartoonish. Like, the hammer comes down where the guy was standing, and now all you see is hammer. That's what you kind of expect from that sort of setup in a graphic novel. No, 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 no. His, there, there is, there is a, almost a full page panel of the blood and gut splatter. And them covered in the yes, blood and Yes, and, and, and then, the, and then the, the rat queens all just got to, oh, God. They don't really hold back from the blood. No. There's like brains, pictures of brains. Debraining is the picture, the word we came up with that <laughs> happens to a lot of the mercenaries. Yep. So, I mean, before I get into my feelings on this, because again, I feel like there isn't a ton to be mined out of describing the plot. It's basically just a series of. Well, I mean, of, there of is plot. I don't they, think there, I, I don't want to imply that there isn't one. It's them but trying the plot... to figure out who the assassin group is and who's responsible for hiring them and that kind of stuff. Let me put it this way. The plot isn't the selling point. How no, about that? Like, there is a plot, and it's not even a bad one. I don't want to imply, like, oh, story, who cares? No, it's fine, but it's not why anybody's here. No. So... What did you think? I had a lot of fun with it. It was chaotic, vulgar, messy, violent fun. Um, definitely not for the kiddos. Holy cow, no. This is very adult, like swear words galore every page. I mean, it is Brains a... and violence every page. Um, it is yeah. adult on basically every level. I actually accept gratuitous nudity. Yeah. It doesn't have gratuitous nudity, but... Lots of violence. There is overt sexual situations. There is drugs. There is drinking. Oh, yes, there's, there's a lot of swearing. Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, aside aside <laughs> from nudity, it covers every single adult content base. Yep. Yep. It, it's and, in spades. And I kind of and given that it's an all female team, 
I kind of love the fact that nudity isn't in there. Because yeah. that, that would have been a very easy way to go. I honestly didn't realize that so many men were involved in it because I felt like it was a very, like, raunchy girl kind of vibe to it. So I was like, oh, these men didn't, like, over-sexualize these women when creating this. That's, yeah. I assume it's males. I could be wrong. I mean, going, going by the names, the core creative team is a male creative team. Yes. And but yeah, they did a really good job of capturing the the ladies who don't give a flippin' crap anymore. Yes. Wow, that was some good ways not to believe yourself out. I gotta. Like we still want It's to. so hard. Because so hard. Yeah, it's all the best. So yes, um, I'm, as I'm sure you figured out Betty is my favorite I did figure that out yeah she's the smidgen and she's just delightful fun at one point and we can say one of my favorite lines which is let's get stabby she goes <laughs> when they're about to be attacked she's like draws her knives and she's just a lot of fun with her drugs and her candy and her Drugs and candy cocktails. And well, she's like, also got a really cute crush on... It is another one of the mercenary members, isn't it? Like, I from another team? so. I don't know which one, if she's... There's a lot of rivalry going on. Basically, Hannah fights with everyone. And yes. gets in arguments with everyone. And it's kind of the leader of the group, but... <laughs> you know, a very controversial... Oh, no, maybe figure. she's not. The, the elf that... Um, Betty's crushing on is not one of the mercenaries, which is kind of what I think the, she's a former kind that's of that's kind of what the hang up is because she's like, yeah, I, I don't do what I'm past to the point where you are. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna backtrack. <laughs> and Betty's like, but this is my life and these are my horrible friends. <laughs> <laughs> and we're terrible and we have so much fun. Terrible. I mean, why would she ever want to leave that? Oh. Uh, like, but she just has great interactions with everyone, um, yeah. from the other band members to her crush, to Sawyer, who's the town watchman, that kind of has... He's got a thing with Hannah going Yeah, on. some sort of prior relationship. I don't know if it was like an alliance or a romantic relationship, quite what it is, but they definitely have a connection, so... Um, She's great. I mean, but they're all great. They're all a lot of fun. Um, I like that we get a little of Violet's past. Like, her brother comes in and call, calls her out for, like, leaving dwarven tradition. And shaving her beard. And shaving her beard. and she, Which she later tells her crush that she looked pretty hot with. So <laughs> she might grow back. I mean, there's just lots of fun stuff like that. It's just a fun time. I'd, like... This is one of the... Most fun books. We've yeah, had. I mean, this is in competition for my favorite thing that we've done for this podcast. It's up there. That's fair. And also, I come at this from a slightly different angle than you do. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and I think it does prove that since you don't have a background in Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. that this can be enjoyed even if you don't. Mm -hmm. However, I think if you do have a background in Dungeons and Dragons, this connects on an additional level. Which is that the way that these this mercenary band behaves is basically the way most peop, most role-playing groups actually role-play, mm -hmm. but never gets written about. Because whenever there's a, a, you know, a novel, mm -hmm. a book, a story told in these fantasy settings, it's always, you know, brave and noble and all these stuff. It's like, no, 
these are the kinds of hot messes that players actually tend to be. And it's actually one of the reasons I really like how over the top the violence is, because a lot of the combat in something like D&D is actually really messy and brutal, but because you're only ever describing it, you don't really appreciate it, and now suddenly, here it is, all laid out. You are loving this, I oh, can just tell. It, it really is, it's, it's a, and it, th that's something that I've enjoyed in general. I do like books that feel like they capture the sensation of, of a role-playing session without necessarily needing, say, a meta, oh, we're actually showing you someone's D&D campaign yeah, layer. Yeah, you never get that, which I kind of love, too. Yeah, like, I mean... I want this to be what it is. Yeah, so, know? I mean, I love this. I like Nodwick for a similar reason. You know, I like Dork Tower, which dabbles in that, but it's largely through the focus of, like, oh, and this is this guy's campaign. Mm -hmm. But I when, when you, it can capture that feel and just... Mm -hmm. Just be it. Yeah. Oh God, I love it. Oh. The artwork's really fun too. The art, yeah, the A artwork is and violent. I, they're very expressive, um, and again, they each kind of have a distinct look and personality, which is great. Um, I actually think in the, such a short book, especially. Oh yeah. I think the artwork actually does a really good balancing job because it's a lot more details and it's bordering on the more realistic, but it manages to keep the more expressive facial features and not get stuck in the more sort of bland thing that I think realistic art gets locked into sometimes because like, oh, well, we can't have them pull that face. That face isn't real uh, realistic. No, but that face tells the story better. So mm -hmm. just have them pull that face. And this does that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is a little exaggerated with some of the expressions, but I think that really lends itself well to the fun. Yeah, I consider that a good thing. I think it does that balance really well because it's it it's not always easy to get the balance between cartoonish levels of personality, but a more realistic more realistic art style overall, mm -hmm. which this has. I, I'm like, I want to read more right now. I know, I really do too. I gotta get more I gotta get more of these. Whether we cover them here or not, I gotta get more of these. Yeah. That's um fair. What was it? Oh, so like there's I'm just gonna go over like a bunch of the little things that I loved. Okay, go for it. Alright, I love that we meet we get introduced early on to the other four mercenary bands, and the ones that are that you would take the most seriously and seem the most like all business, the obsidian darkness, are the first ones wiped out in the story. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know those serious guys who look like, you know, they're really all about the job and the, yeah, they're gone. Forget the them. four days, though, make it. I do, to I... The to the sort of midway party, so. I do love the four Daves. <laughs> and Violet I mean, just... in particular loves Orc Dave, as we find out. She does. Who has, like, birds in his beard. Yes, so you know Orc. He's, Amazing. Orc Dave has this massive black beard with birds nesting in it. Uh-huh. And actually, one of the other Daves tries to tell him that he's got birds there. He's like, don't touch them! <laughs> Not only does he know, he is protective of these birds nesting in his beard. Yeah. Oh, and the peaches are... I like them, too. They, uh, the leader kind of has this rivalry with uh, Hannah, but Braga is great, who is... Yeah, she is another orc. She is a one-eyed orc. I she might be a barbarian. I mean, she kicks a lot of butt. Yeah. Um, and she also has one of my favorite lines, which we can't repeat. Yes, but it involves part of her anatomy being her favorite, and yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and it got an arrow in it, and she's ticked. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> just go read it, okay? You won't regret it. It's I'm, assume assuming that you that you read know it by you, yourself as an adult. Don't y- let your kids yes. read it. Yes, <laughs> don't let your kids read it. And assuming you're not put off by the blood, because I do want to emphasize this is a blood D book. Yeah. Um, I I hesitate to call it gratuitous because it uh, it is restricted to the fights. It's not like the thing is a constant fight scene, but when yeah. when combat happens, blood flies. And there's a lot of combat in this. There's a fair amount. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a fun world populated by messy, chaotic, violent, vulgar people. And sometimes that's what you want. Yep. So. Oh, and like, I'm sorry, the other little things. I love that D, who's their cleric, mm-hmm. that she kind of... So, the thing about a cleric in something like D&D mm-hmm. is that, you know, they have a, a strong connection to the divine and that gives them uh, you know healing abilities to heal by tapping into that mm-hmm. and the thing is there's a couple things that are fun about her one of which i expect probably gets explored more in later um books but the first thing is that yes she has had faith mm-hmm. but the first is is that she's kind of lapsed and mm-hmm. yet she's still able to tap into these powers which makes me go hmm but then the other thing is the god that she worshipped is basically Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And that's not the kind of deity you expect to be aligned with a cleric who's healing people. And I love that contradiction. Mm-hmm. Not too much. I, I really like her look. Yeah. I mean, all the looks are really cool. They, like, they're they all look really good. I really appreciate that because sometimes in these, you know, band books with multiple characters where you're following a group of people they don't have such distinctive personalities especially in a short amount of time but this really fleshes them all out and even some of the you know secondary characters like Sawyer and Braga and Orc Dave yeah (laughs) Orc Dave I mean and they're all it, it helps especially when the combat gets crazy that they're all incredibly visually distinct on site. Oh, yes. Thank goodness. I mean, you've got you've got Betty who is tiny and blonde, you've got Violet who is mediumish sized with red hair, you've got Hannah with her pinup black hair and then you've got Dee who is a person of color and that they're all immediately visually distinct actually by silhouette alone and then you bring you know, they've all got different hair color and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can glance and I know, I know who I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, oh yeah. It's just a lot of, lot of fun. Yeah. This thing. Yeah. I was, I, I had read it a while ago and then I had to like relook at it for names and stuff. And I just pretty much read it over again. Cause I wanted to. It was funny. Cause you sat down and go, I'm, I'm just going to double check the names. Half an hour later. <laughs> I meant more than just checking the names. I meant copious notes, and, which so, I didn't really look at because I just remembered how wonderful they all were. So yeah, this th- I think this gets a high recommendation for an adult audience. Going to underline that, especially given that, yes, that it's fairly common it for us. It's fairly common for us to deal with all ages or even younger targeted stuff. This is not that. Nope. Nope. Like, honestly, even more so than Witchblade, this is not no, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think we'll wrap it up there. That's Rat Queens Volume 1. We'll be back in a bit with probably a very short uh, listener feedback because we only got one comment on the previous episode. Well, it hasn't been that long that it's been out. That's true. It's distinctly possible that when we get to the next one, I'll have to like backtrack and pick up comments that That's came okay. up later. But okay, whatever. See you in a bit. Hi, everybody. My name's Hub, and I host a show called Tighten Up the Defense, a podcast that would likely benefit from a tagline. Every week, we read either a Defenders comic book from the 70s or a New Teen Titans comic from the 80s. I give a synopsis of that comic that I have handcrafted to amuse and inform, and then my good-for-many-things brother Corey comes over, and we talk about what we found interesting about the comic we just read. It's a lot of fun, and we hope you'll join us for it. Anything you'd like to add, Corey? I like cocaine from an animal's butthole. Mm. It is. So good. It is. Paradise. Well, Corey, I don't really think that's appropriate. We're trying to do a promotion for our podcast here. Shut up. Okay, fair enough. Any final thoughts? Of course. Well, let's hear them. I have eaten all the beaver butt <laughs> You have eaten none. And beaver's butt is pretty good. There you have it. Tighten up the defense. That's T-I-T-A-N. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. It's probably worth mentioning. I'm the one who does the editing. Catch the wave of the future and hang 10 on it with us. Cowabunga. Okay, so coming back, and we, so far, at the time of recording, and this is partially on us because we are recording this earlier, you know, further ahead of airing than we normally do, so there may be more comments that turn up on this, and if they do, we'll address them in a later episode. Mm -hmm. But previously, we talked about Princeless. Mm -hmm. Which was also fun in a fantasy setting, but I definitely... For a younger crowd. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. That Um, one's safe. Not so much Rat Queens. (laughs) No. Um, Brian Linton wrote in and said, I loved your coverage of Princeless. This is a title that my wife discovered at our local library shortly after this show started as... started us searching out graphic novels and trade paperbacks for our daughter. Our daughter read several volumes at the time and seemed to like them, but I think my wife and I enjoyed Princeless more than she ever did. That's probably because she's more of a superhero sci-fi girl than a sword and sorcery kind of girl. The one exception of, uh, to that is her love of fairies. I'm That's legit. Mm, fairies are pretty fabulous. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't know of any fairy-themed comic off the top of my head. I'm sure there must be some out there. If you're aware of any good ones, I'd appreciate any recommendations you might have. It, it sort of depends on what you mean by that. If you mean a comic that, like, is just straight up about fairies, that is a tougher call. Mm-hmm. There, fairies certainly appear in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, be they fantasy or you can have fae characters show up in superhero comics. Heck, um, there's some some very important plot lines in, in the run of Sandman that um, involve Oberon and Titania and the fairies from Midsummer Night's Dream. But uh, the only thing that I have off the top of my head, and I don't, I haven't read it yet, so I don't, but I, from what I got flipping through it, I probably wouldn't recommend it to your daughter, uh, is I Hate Fairyland, which is on our docket. Oh, okay. 
I mean, it looks like all there. What comes up immediately is like some kind of Tinkerbell comic book, which yeah. has a whole band and everything. I haven't really read them, and I do like Tinkerbell and stuff, but um, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot more. I'd have to look into it further. Um, yeah, there should be more out there because there probably are, awesome. are. I don't think there's much in the way of well-known, which is a bit of a shame because. Mm-hmm. Fairies rule. Mm-hmm. But I think we will we'll wrap it up there, folks. Um, and yeah, so thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you in a month. Yep. Bye. Bye. Tough Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production and a presentation of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Feedback can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on the Facebook page for Fire and Water Podcast and Council of Geeks. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxom, and our theme music is composed and performed by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Bye.